Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. If this is your first time joining us, my name is Geraldine Steele, and you are listening to Steele Talking right here on WCCO Radio. And of course, it is what I love to do on a Sunday night is be here with you. So thank you for sticking and joining us. Of course, Jonathan Lowe is our in-studio producer, and he is a crazy, wonderful man who's absolutely nuts, but I love him. Thank you I've for been... adding the wonderful. That's, <laughs> that helps. I've known him now for how many years have you been here? Thirteen. Producing? Thirteen? Baker's Dozen. Baker's Dozen. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that's what it is. That a long time ago. Yeah. Baker's Dozen. Yeah. yeah. Do they steal you then, huh? They steal you. They do. Okay. I have heard it. I'm not going to start that fight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to start that fight. Well, the bottom line is that um, this is the day for Father's Day, and this is a big deal. Jonathan does not have children yet. Um, do you think you'll ever have them? I hope to. Yeah? I hope to. So for me, Father's Day is a really big deal. I lost my father at the age of 14 years old, and of course I think about him. In fact, today at dinner with all three of my brothers, Fred Steele, J.D. Steele, and Billy Steele, oh my God, it was wonderful. We had the best time together, and looking at them, I started thinking about my father and kind of teared up just a teeny bit, and that got rid of that pretty quickly because I didn't want to start crying. But it was really a special day, a very special day, and it should be for fathers. Now, many fathers complain and say, hey, Mother's Day is way bigger than our day. Why is that, right? Well, there's someone in studio with me that may be able to answer that question and let me know what he thinks about being the father on Father's Day and what is this like for him? Is it something special or does he look at women and Mother's Day having all of the big stuff happening? What do you think, Mr. Davis? Well, Mother's Day is enough. No, you got to get closer. Mother's Day is just a, You got to get closer. <laughs> Mother's Day is just the number one <laughs> day of all of all holidays. Father's uh-huh. Day is down there, I heard it was down there like 16th or 17th. 16th or 17th? Yeah. Yeah, but that's not bad, right? No, it's 16th not bad. or 17th. And, and, you know, it, I mean, you don't get offended by not having the same score no, as the women as do, No, as long right? as I hear from my kids, I'm good. And you do all the time, all the time right? Yeah, I do. Some are out of the country, some are all over the, all place. the place, so they're yeah. all calling you saying, yeah. hey. All calling or texting. Hey, that's what they do now. Well, you have 15 children, right? Wow. No, I'm so sorry. Wow. I'm so sorry. I Take got that so that. wrong. It's five. <laughs> it's five. <laughs> Oh, I wish you guys could see his eyes right now. Just burning up, burning up. Okay, so what is it like being a father on Father's Day? Um, As long as my kids either text me or say call me, that's good. Yeah, that's enough? That's enough. They don't come with 
gifts no. or God, anything. No, uh, that's Mother's Day. No, mm-hmm. no. Oh, yeah. My brothers got gifts today. <laughs> when I was younger. But it was monetary, let me tell you. I couldn't miss Mother's Day. <laughs> you couldn't miss oh, it, God, right? No. It was a sin, right? That's right. You, right. Get, you get a call. I know Jonathan has complained <laughs> about that over the years, haven't you, Jonathan? I have never complained. Oh, you no, have no, truly no, no, complained. No. Oh, please. No, no, oh, no, 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 no. we get it all. We, The women get it all, right? I've never said anything like that, no. No. Let's pray, y'all. Let's pray right now. Dear Jesus, him lying. I am not letting you do this to me. Not tonight. Not ev- Not any night. Not over 50,000 okay, okay, watts. No. Okay. <laughs> anyway, it was a great day. You talked to your dad today, right? I did. He was actually, I, I talked to him real briefly. He was actually out uh, helping uh, a group that he's in. So he was, he didn't have time to talk. So. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he, he volunteers and helps out a group that works with uh, water features, pond features for, for homes and that sort of thing. And so uh-huh. they, they go to events and they go. He was at an event at the convention center down in Kansas City and uh, in the middle of it. So kind of a last-minute thing. So. I understand that. You know, yeah. and, and the thing about as we get older, we have to stay, you know, busy. All of us, whether it's the man or the woman, really, you have to stay busy. Yes. And men have no problem staying busy because they're always out on the golf course like you, Jonathan. Right? Yes. Yes, Yes. you are correct. Yes. That's why he doesn't have any children. He always out on the (laughs) golf course. That's what it is. (laughs) But I do want to say happy Father's Day to all the fathers and the children that love you so much for what you do. Um, It was so funny. I used to um, know someone who would say to me, gosh, I got three girls and I got to put them all in college. Then they get out of college. They're going to get married. I have to pay for it. But it's not like that. I mean, the fathers start crying at weddings or they start crying at graduations. And the fathers are tender in their own way. Women, we're always crying. We get flowers and we start crying, right? But the men, it's different, isn't it, Mr. Davis? I agree. Yes, it is. <laughs> Do you agree? I agree. <laughs> so all of all, the, all of the men that are listening tonight, just know that we really do appreciate all that you do. And um, I don't try to define what a good man is. You know a good man when you meet a good man. That's period. Same thing with women. You know a good woman when you meet a good woman. So celebrate Father's Day. Make it special. Even if you don't have money, he doesn't want, he probably doesn't want flowers. Would you ever want flowers, Jonathan? No. No? No. Why not? What's the deal with that? Is it just too girly-girly or what? Well, part of it is I, I try to, a lot of flowers I've had, you know, pollen allergies so you keep that <laughs> out of the house expect that at all oh you gotta take well, care you of your go. health you gotta you take do. care you gotta take care of of you, your you body yeah. and so if you got allergies you, you shy away yeah and so I, i'll tell you this my dad when i was growing up especially when when i got into middle school and high school he had bonsai tree oh bonsai trees they're not easy to right. sculpt right and so he would maintain his, this bonsai tree and we'd have it in the middle of the dining room table um, and so, you know, I, I might do a bonsai tree. Give me a bonsai tree. You said that? Yeah. Did you ever get one? No. It's dead, ain't it? You had one. No, I never, you had, I've one, never had one. You I've did. never had one. No, never? Never. Not sitting on your table? Mm-mm. No. Have you ever had a bonsai? Oh, I would like one. You would? Oh, yeah. Why? Because they're beautiful. <laughs> they are beautiful, but they are complicated. Are they are complicated. All plants are complicated. No, not all plants are complicated. There are certain plants you can't even kill. Do you have plants? I do. And are they complicated? Just the orchid. <laughs> oh, okay. 
<laughs> enough said on that. Enough said. Okay, okay, okay. So I should keep my eyes on what time it is. But I do want to say um, we really are serious about fathers. And if you don't feel like you have been rewarded verbally or with gifts or whatever that is, please say something to your family. Let them know that it's important to you. Our family, we know how important that is to the men in our lives. And I am so grateful for my brothers and my uncles. And it's just remarkable to me. I'm very thankful. I don't know what I would do without them. So, ladies, let's keep it strong, honey. Don't make it wrong. Keep it strong. Father's Day is just as important as Mother's Day. All right. I want to let you know that we've got our first guest coming up at 735, which I am really excited about. Um, we're going to talk about the stigma that men are too strong to seek help for mental issues. And a lot of people would look at that, especially women, and go, oh, no, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. But this is real. It's real. I believe every one of us is a candidate for at, at some moment in life. You have You are a candidate for getting mental health issues done, you know, talking to a therapist. I mean, it's gotten to the point where I literally said I need to talk to a therapist. And I never believed in it. Never, ever believed in it. And here I am today having a ball, really learning so much more about myself. And I thought it was ridiculous. I said to my um, my sister Janice in California, she said, you need a therapist. I said, no, I do not. No, I do not. Now, Jonathan is laughing because he's thinking I needed one about 15 years ago. But no, 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 no. Your eyes, the smile on your face was way too much. I'm just saying your sister may have, you know. Hit on something, huh? I don't know. know, Maybe. I I found a therapist for you. For me? Yeah, I did. Oh, boy. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm shutting up now. Well, it's an older man, but he's very kind. He's very knowledgeable. He'll read right through you, which is what you need, right? Silence. I'm just going to take, I'm just going (laughs) to drink this in, folks. He's turned purple, you guys. He has turned purple. I never saw that color before. It's time to take a break, or can I keep? Oh, man, it is. Okay, we're going to take a break, and we'll be back in just a moment. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It is now 722 here at WCCO. We love to have a couple people text us and let us know what Father Father's Day really means to you, uh, especially if you have children, if you um, has been with the same person for a long time. I'd love to know what you think about it. All you have to do is either write us or call us at 612-461-9226. Did I get that right, Jonathan? 
612-461-9226. We'd love to hear from two people that can tell us what Father's Day really means to them. Um, and even if you lost your father and you want to tell a little bit of a story, you are welcome to do so. I did look to see... Um, what it means to have a story like I haven't written a story about my dad in a very, very long time. He left this world in 1973 and I was looking online trying to say, OK, what are people saying about their fathers? It's the mothers we hear songs about. We hear stories about. But when it comes to Father's Day, I must admit, I don't hear a lot about it. I don't hear stories about the fathers. Here's one that I thought was interesting. It's very short. It says, there is so much to love about my dad, but I think what I love most is his silly sense of humor. I still remember him answering the phone at our house by saying, Domino's Pizza. The person on the other line was inevitably confused, sometimes hung up, and he laughed hysterically every single time. Just a simple story. Here's another one. When we first moved to the U.S., my father taught group painting classes at our home on the weekends as a sidekick. You know, I used to paint, by the way, Jonathan. I did. You know that I used to paint, right? You don't know I used to paint? Oh, my gosh. Two men in a place and they don't know. Ah. Anyway, it goes on to say the students were all teenagers. Though I was only around four or five years old, my father would always set up a spot for me to paint with the group so that I was included. We didn't have very much space in the apartment, so he built me a bunk bed from scratch that had a ladder, a monkey bar, and a little workstation underneath so that I always had my own place to create. And that is something that's real. I don't know about anybody else in this studio, but I believe in having space. There are certain times I want to have space with other people in it with me. Most times I'm just fine with that. But every now and then I want my own space. And I think every person deserves to have their own space. Like Jonathan's own space here in the studio is far, far away from me. (laughs) So that he can relax. (laughs) That's right. Out of arm's reach. That's all all needs to be out of arm's reach. It's amazing though, right? My father never... I never knew him to ask for time off. Women, we ask for time off. Like the fishing opener in May, the ladies are going, look, go fishing, have a blast. We love that because we have a time, you know, more time for ourselves. So not bad at all. But if you'd like to add a story, you are welcome to do so. All you have to do is either call or text us at 651 461 9226. Again, that's 651 651- Four six one nine two two six, and we'll try to read a couple of those for sure. All right, coming up next, we're going to have our first guest, and I want to tell you about her, um, him, excuse me, right now, Dr. Craig Bowron. Did I get that right? All right, then, and he's from Northwestern Hospital, and I am so excited to talk to him about men's mental health. And, of course, June is Men's Mental Health Awareness Month, and so I'm excited to hear about things that are happening, opening up for men, the stigma of it. Is there a stigma of it? Are they uncomfortable even talking about it? But in my sense of mind, I really believe all of us can deal with and need to have some mental health. Right, Jonathan? You're at the top of the list. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you're you. welcome. You're welcome. Yeah, so that I mean, that's coming up. Yeah. The 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 fact that there has been more focus now for the last uh, I'd say the last five years 
really there's been a big push to help people get mental health help. Yeah. Um to to help them find resources to have people diagnosed, you know, go go find out whether you have, you know, bipolar uh afflictions or um, whether you suffer from ADHD or ADD or mm-hmm. stuff of that nature. And it's just over time we seem to continue to get more levels of what people may be suffering from. And, and our and, mental health is strained while all of that is happening. Yes. And and it, did, it didn't help that we had a pandemic that basically it, it pushed that aside, the, the importance of that aside. Mm-hmm. And it also stopped, you know, the face-to-face where people were going to these, you know, to therapists, to uh, psychologists, to psychiatrists, face-to-face and getting that help. And now you've seen the telehealth marketing start to to grow. And mm-hmm. But I do want to say not all of the people that go to get help for mental illness, not all of them succeed. No, no. It's – it's I, I – say this more and more, I think the last big frontier of us trying to figure out the human body, mm-hmm. uh, figure out ourselves, is our brains. That's the last great frontier, is is trying to figure out how brains work, how 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 meant how how brains are, are how they fire in a successful way, quote unquote, mm-hmm. and in a non successful way, quote unquote. And and working with those and helping them and, you know, just to give a sports example, stuff like football and hockey and soccer and some of these other contact sports where you develop diseases over time because of the force of the hits that you're putting on the body, and like CTE and concussions. And so trying to figure out the brain, I think, is something that's going to continue to be a challenge for the next few years, for the next few decades. Yeah, I would say decades. Absolutely. I don't think we really know um, how things are going to end up. We've been through so much as a country, um, and I don't know if we're starting to come together and starting to understand it or if people really take the time to make sure that a family member can go and get help because it can be expensive as well, right? It just depends on where you work and that sort of thing. So um, those that are listening tonight, and maybe you do have some struggles, just know that we care here at WCCO. We actually care. And if you have a story you want to share about your father, we're taking two of them. You are welcome to call us, let us know, or you can text us and let us know what you think about what is happening to men these days, how many are struggling, and if they are struggling, how do we help them? We're going to hear from a guest. His name is Dr. Craig Bowron, and I'm really looking forward to what he has to say about it all. We'll be back in a moment. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Steel Talking. I'm your host, Geraldine Steele. The other voice that you heard earlier tonight was Jonathan Lowe. He is our in-studio producer. I want to say um, I'm really excited about this next guest. Why? Because June is Men's Mental Health Awareness Month. Now, the stigma that men are too strong to seek help for mental issues seems to be slowly eroding. But it doesn't mean more work can't be done to let people know about resources that can help. Well, Dr. Craig Bowren of Abbott Northwestern is a specialist in this field and has recently authored the book, Man Overboard, A Medical Lifeline for the Aging Male. 
And he joins us now on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. Hello, Dr. Bowron. Hi, Gerald. It's great, good to be with you. I think I've I think I've met you before sometime in some green room somewhere, and we talked about <laughs> If I remember, we talked about Jubilee Showcase. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah, that I, probably was me. How about that? I I grew up in Chicago, and uh, my dad didn't go to church, but he made sure he, he went to Jubilee Showcase. How about that? How about that? Well, it's a pleasure to have you join us tonight. You know, the bottom line for me is that we know that there are men who are really suffering, and a lot of them don't seem to want to come forward. Why is that? Yeah, I think it's just, you know, I, when I, I have a chapter in my book called Mind Games about mental health, and it, it made me, I, I knew I had to have it in there because it's a, a, a general uh, men's book. But it made me go back to kind of like what, I'm 58, you know, and sort of the, the, the area, the era that I grew up in and the, the things that were sort of modeled to me. So when I was growing up uh, in, in the Chicago area, you know, there just wasn't a lot of talk about, the inner life, you know, the world that you saw was the world that you saw. And, um, um, you know, when you went to church, there was some talk about the inner life, but at least when I went to church, it was about, you know, redemption and, 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 and kind of social justice, but not a lot of conversation about that. And so, um, you know, it did, it didn't seem like I actually lived close to a, a state mental hospital and, uh, it seemed like, you know, the people who were had mental health issues, they went. They were institutionalized, mm-hmm. and uh, everybody else was normal, right? So mm-hmm. there's crazy people, and then there's normal people. But uh, you know, going through my medical training, and then just becoming an adult and, and meeting all kinds of people, you realize that, whoa, whoa, whoa! You know, um, um, we all, you know, literally, we all struggle with our mental health um, all the time. We and, do. Uh, I, I, I think you don't. You do not have to have a formal diagnosis of anxiety or depression um, to struggle with anxiety, depression. You just have to be human. Um, exactly. You have to be human. You, know, mm-hmm. you just have to be human. That's the only qualification you need. And and so I think you, you use the word stigma. Um, and that's certainly one way to describe, you know, the, the role models I grew up with. They were not, you know, introspective men who talked about their feelings. They were primarily, you know, sports at athletic uh, people or people in the movies who were strong and powerful and, um, you know, uh, who, who didn't have any kind of inner emotional life. And so I, I think we've just kind of been taught all along. I tell in the book about my, my father lost, his father was killed in an accident when he was eight. And you know, even as a kid, I kind of said, like, you know, I wanted to know what what happened to your dad and what did you know about your dad? And the, and the few times I dared to ask, he'd say, like, well, I don't know, I was eight. I don't remember, you know. And yeah. you know, don't ask me any more questions. And it never made sense to me that, like, really, you could lose your dad at eight, and like, it didn't mean anything to you, or you know, there was that's that. So, um, yeah, I think it is. It's stigmatized. It's 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 what women do. They talk about their feelings, and men just push through them, and that is not healthy. So where do we begin to try to help the the men heal, first of all, second of all, to really let them know that people really do care, that they don't quite understand the mental health challenges that they have, and many of them won't even go, especially in the black community. It can be very difficult to get black men to go in 
to even be seen to see if there were any uh, mental challenges. Um, and I'm wondering, what can we do about that? The wives of these men, the mothers of these sons, how, how do we get to them? That's where I think this this public conversation and, you know, um, people, uh, when profession, professional athletes, people that we sort of idolize come out, I think of off the top of my head, somebody like Kevin Love yes, uh, or, or some uh, Hollywood actors, you know, who come out and here I am using the word come out like it was you know like it was something that they needed to hide. But literally when um when we have public conversations, including like the show, to say like, you know, it exists. If you don't if you don't struggle with your emotions, uh you're you're in denial, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh and then also to say like it's okay that some struggle everyone struggles, some more, some less. And and essentially like give people a license to kind of recognize their like you know, you call yourself moody. Could you be depressed? You know, right. you could be depressed. Would you be willing to use that word? And does that word make you tainted? No, it just means that, um, you know, you have a, a, a medical issue uh, that can that can be dealt with. So a lot of it, I think, is just literally just um, changing the bar of of what we're willing to talk about. And which reminds me a little like. It, Suicide is arguably the the worst outcome of mental health. Right. And um, I've noticed over my lifetime that, you know, when a prominent figure would would uh, die of suicide, you know, they, they would go out and say, like, well, you know, he died of uh, after dealing with a, a long, a long illness, you know, when they knew darn well the long illness was depression. And so even then, like, no, you know, we're not we're going to hide it. We're going to hide it. But interestingly, I'm, I'm seeing more like people saying like, you know, he died after a, a long battle with mental health or he died after a long battle with depression. So um, I, I just think that um, recognizing it, um, saying that it's OK, saying that um, that it's I think sometimes men feel like, well, what are they going to do? They're just going to put me on pills. Well, you know, medications are part of what um, can happen for people who are dealing with anxiety or depression. But there's so much more than that. And your the community that you're in, both your family and your friends, you know, um, you know, uh, I just went I went I spent a week uh, two weeks ago up north with my friends. Uh, we've been doing this 30 years going on a fishing trip. And, you know, there's a time where people can, you know, start to be honest with each other and just, you know, about, hey, well, how's it going? And giving someone an honest answer. Well, you know what? It's not going so good. Um, it's, you know, it's not going good at all. I'm, I'm I've been suffering with uh, some anxiety issues and suddenly, you know, again, the thing that was stigmatized and unmentionable isn't. So we need brave people to, brave people to kind of step up, uh, like Kevin Love or, you know, I, I think I'm, I'm not a fan of celebrity endorsed illnesses per se, because it makes them somehow seem special because, you know, like it's a big deal because it's really serious because even, celebrities get this disease oh absolutely and they come forward you know the celebrities will kind of want to say hey you need to know that this exists and it's okay if you have this there's something that you can do about it um i remember in the 90s we would see all types of commercials like that from celebrities that would come forward and say hey yes i have some real challenges and and i need to talk about what my brain health is like and how i think now and how it troubles me i don't see commercials like that anymore i don't you know maybe i'm not watching closely enough but do you think that we have enough Enough um, that the books that you're writing and the stories that are being told and the the help that men are getting are they getting enough? 
gonna, I, I think it's a start. I mean, I think it's a start because, you know, for, again, just in my in my lifetime, in my career, you know, we're um, now we're having we're having these conversations. So I think it's a start. Is it enough? No. But I, I think as we get, you know, part of what as a writer, I wrote this book for I wrote this men's health book. And the funny thing about that is that it's not a great business plan because I wrote a book for a group of men, a group of people who don't read that much men about a subject they like to avoid health, you know. So not a great business plan. But to the first part of that, um, you know, part of like reading helps give people, the reader, like a, a, a deeper inner life and starts to give them the language to express like the feelings that they have. So and you even, don't think they read? You don't feel like they read enough about it? Uh, men don't uh, men, men don't read near as much as women, particularly when it comes to fiction. And I think a lot of, you know, a lot of fiction is getting, you know, it's internal dialogues and, and watching the characters struggle through their, you know, struggle through their issues and, and the writer puts you in their head. So I, I think it's not, it's, yes, it's helpful to read a, um, all kinds of things, but that's, that's one of the ways that I think oftentimes men struggle to find the words to explain what it is they're feeling. So why is it that women know each other? We know each other well, and we don't have a problem telling our sisterhood, right? We just tell them, say, hey, look, this is what I'm suffering from. This is what I'm dealing with. Hey, can you give me yeah. some advice? Have you been through it, or do you know someone that's been through it? But I also know that there are men who do the same. They actually talk to each yeah. other and say, I have this, and I don't know what to do with yeah. it. You guys pray for me, or whatever. So are you seeing yeah. an uptick in the men that are saying, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to, I got to check to I, see what's wrong. Yeah. Yes. I, yes, I am. And I, I kind of, I, I joke about this book, uh, about joke about this book saying, um, you know, women, when it comes to health, women are proactive. They yes. do exactly what you say. When yes. they have an issue, my wife gets on the phone and she calls her friends and like anybody else. I'm feeling this. Anybody else feeling this? Is this one of the problems with aging or difficulties is kind of knowing when is this the new normal? this thing I'm feeling or is this something I have to have attention to? So she, you know, calls her friends and figures out, is anybody else dealing with it? And if, and if, if it doesn't, you know, she can't get an answer from them, then she does this crazy thing where apparently you can, you can call in and make an appointment with a doctor. So she'll do that, you know, whereas men tend to be connected. Um, mm. You know, we figure out, we figure out all the ways why this is not a problem, why, you know, I'm, I'm okay. And so it'll be okay. And so it'll continue to be okay. So we're, I think we, and part of that, I, I joke in the book, it's sort of, like, I call it testosterone poisoning or testosterone <laughs> blindness. There's, you know, there's something about that, that hormone that makes us want to be noble and independent. And, but, but, but there's a myth of independence. And that is, um, you know, all humans, male or female, are deeply interlinked with each other. And we need each other to be healthy, which is why, you know, women, they have these communities and, and they support each other, and men like, well, you know, a, a little more fringy. Although, as you say, it really is changing, and that's that's a very hopeful thing. Well, I tell you, the men in my life, I, you know, I wouldn't have any problem approaching them with this subject. Um, and I know that years ago they used to say that women, of course, pay attention and take care of themselves better than men. But nowadays, is it, that really is still true? It really is true. I think that. Well, I th- I think that's. I think the sad part is that I, well, I feel this both as a doctor and just as a you know a guy with guy friends, and that is it really is if you think about it, if you have anybody who does uh, these fantasy football league, fantasy baseball, whatever, like it's ridiculous how much 
they know about their fantasy football team and the stats and the data and the people and how little they know about their, you know, their own health, you know, how illiterate they are about their own health. I mean, um, you know, somebody can spend four hours on the red zone watching nonstop replays on the NFL network, but not really know what their PSA is or not understand like one of the, what are some of the basic signs of depression or how to deal with you know, what happens when you uh, um, feel anxious or um, which reminds me of like, you talk about, are we moving places? I don't know if you watch Ted Lasso, but God bless them. You know, they, they show what a panic attack is, mm. you know, they gave Ted Lasso a couple of panic attacks and took the viewers through like, this is what it is. This, this is, is what it is. You know, this is the walls coming in. This is like this kind of strange out of body experience. And you're not crazy. You're just a human. human. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, I, yeah. Dr. Craig uh, Bowren, I really appreciate you joining us tonight. You are author and hospitalist. What is hospitalist? <laughs> so uh, when you get nowadays, when you get admitted to a hospital, mm-hmm. uh, you will be seen by a primary care doctor almost no matter what your issue is. Right. Like me, which is so I'm a, I'm a doctor that's that's primary care, but just out of the hospital. So I'm a hospitalist. If uh, if your condition, whatever is going on, is pretty straightforward, uh, I'll be your only doctor. Uh, if it gets complicated, I'll be, you know, the kind of the lead doctor and you'll be seeing, you know, a lung doctor, a kidney doctor, a cardiologist as well. So mm-hmm. more and more, if you get admitted to the hospital, the person you will see is unfortunately not your GP or your family practitioner, but uh, someone like me who's kind of there. I was there today. Yeah, right, <laughs> um, right. You'll see your ho- hospitals. Yeah. Well, tell us can where men can... Tell us where men or their wives or sisters and brothers, um, where can they find your book? It's, a Mayo, it's published by Mayo Clinic, so it's on Mayo Clinic Press, but it's on you know, Amazon.com or uh, Barnes & Noble website. But those are, you know, it's just online like any, any other book. So. Well, congratulations. The book is called Man Overboard, A Medical Lifeline for the Aging Male. I wish I had more time to ask more questions about why aging males, but I think I understand it. I so appreciate you joining us tonight, Dr. Bowron, and I hope we can have you on again. Well, thank you, Geraldine. I really enjoyed it. All right. You take care. Yeah. All right, everyone. We're going to take a break, and we'll be back in a moment. It is now 7.56 here at WCCO. Let's make that 7.55. Uh, we are so enjoying that you are, we hear from you from time to time, and we really get excited that you're listening on Sunday night. So thank you, and I hope that this really meant a lot to you, talking about men and their mental health. Please don't let it go. If you have brothers and uncles and just friends, male friends, make sure you ask every now and then. I think that is the key. That is the key. If we pay attention as women and we say, hey, we really care about your health and we want to know that you're okay, or hey, let me take you to this place and maybe you will feel better, or maybe you need to talk to this person. I think if we're all in it together, then that makes a lot more sense to me um, because it's really disturbing how so many people, not just men, men, women, children, young children, you know, really having a hard time with mental health. Um, This pandemic has changed everything. It has changed the world. It has changed our country. It has changed our neighborhoods. It has changed our families. So this is not something to laugh at. This is the real deal. So get involved. Ask the people, ask the men that you love, the boys that you love, the teenagers that you love. Ask them, 
what are you feeling? What are you sensing? And if it's not going well, find a way to find someone who can help. Help the family, help the children to help. That is the key. So don't forget about it. Don't let it go. Hold on to it so that your family, my family, all of God's families can also be better. You are listening to Steele Talking. I am your host, Geraldine Steele. It is what I love to do is be here with you on a Sunday night. And, oh, stick with us. Of course, we've got more coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. And then, of course, Center Stage is going to happen at 9 o'clock. It's all things arts and entertainment. You do not want to miss it. We look forward to having you back on. I am your host, Geraldine Steele, and you are listening to Steele Talking. We'll be back. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 